and it's now three in the morning here in Metro Manila. Welcome back to an episode of Mysterium After Dark. And this is going to be another one of those um, gloves off episodes. So if you're a newbie and you don't really know anything about certain topics, I'm going to be a little bit more in my element with this one. I usually tend to cater my episodes to the general population, but every now and then I like to talk about topics that are close to the heart. Um, but some people may learn certain things from this, but I'm going to be running deep into terms. So somebody asked me, Rob, how do I get into ritual magic? All right. Now, think about it as this. First and foremost, you got to know what kind of tradition you're following. Okay, Are you talking about some Wiccan traditional magic? Are you talking about Vajrayana traditional Buddhism? Are you talking about um, hermetic ritual magic, Enochian ritual magic? the you know what i mean the um, how do i say the options are pretty vast there are dozens of traditions out there and many of them have their own corresponding rituals but if you're thinking to do ritual magic as a how do i say preludum to ceremonial magic here's some pointers for you to keep in mind now first and foremost before you jump into anything crazy like an evocation of a goetic spirit or trying to scry the aethers, I'm going to tell you that the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. All right. Now, I've always been a stalwart believer that magic is subjective. That's very true. But that's also kind of like saying I can lose weight by just, you know, working out or I can lose weight by meticulously monitoring my caloric intake, counting my macros, um, doing proper amounts of cardio, lowering my stress levels, and at the same time, watching what kind of workouts I do within the week so that I maximize my output and my fat burning. It doesn't mean that just because you're not doing the rituals, you're not going to get the results. It just means that you might end up getting the results in a sporadic way or you might not get the results when you want them to, or it might be delayed, or it might not be as powerful as it can be. Going back to the weight loss example, um, you would definitely lose a lot more weight if you exercised and if you followed a diet than if you just exercised alone. You would lose a lot more weight if you would exercise and count your calories and follow a diet and follow macros, etc., etc. So it's the same thing here. Um, there's nothing preventing you from getting the easiest Llewellyn spell book, lighting a candle, saying a bunch of words, and voila, your spell is done. But don't expect it to be too global in nature. At the end of the day, the more preparation you put into the spell or into the ritual or into the magic, the more powerful it's going to be. So sometimes certain rituals are going to take days to sometimes even months of preparation to do like i did a book i did a ritual for summoning your personal magical watcher from joseph lewsuski's text um howlings from the pit and i spent a good six months preparing for that and it wasn't just doing the ritual and just half-assing it it was really me meticulously following his method and um not cutting any corners because i really wanted to you know go to the old school the way he really prescribed it and I got to be honest, it had wondrous effects. 
it would not have been as effective or may not even have been effective and if I just decided, hey, well, there's no wisteria incense in the Philippines, so I'll just use sandalwood. I mean, I really wanted to follow it to the T. So like I said, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. Now, another thing to keep in mind, if you do want to get into the higher rituals of magic, I'll just give you some basic rituals that you need to know. Okay, especially if you're coming from a hermetic ceremonial par paradigm like the Golden Dawn or sometimes even the um, or sometimes the Lima or the AA. Um, some of these have some common rituals that overlap. So without further ado, these are the following. The very first thing you're going to need to learn is what they call the Kabbalistic Cross. Now, um, the thing about the Kabbalistic Cross ritual is that in order to practice it, you also need to ha know how to vibrate holy names of God. Um, if you don't know how to do that, you got to look it up because there's a difference between just saying, example, Ate, Malkuth, Vigibor, Vigidula, or saying it with a very powerful vibration behind it makes a world of a difference. Now, when doing this ritual, one of the things I like to tell people about this ritual is that this is the on switch. Okay. When you do this ritual, you are basically activating magic mode in you. Meaning, think of it like Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball. Um, I like to compare magic between one of two things. I call it either a power-up or an attack. All right? This is a power-up. Um, a power-up doesn't do anything on its own. Basically, you're going to power up in order to fuel a spell or a ritual or to direct it somewhere. And those are what I call attacks, like in Dragon Ball. But the Kabbalistic Cross is your basic power-up. It puts you in magical on mode. Now, one thing to keep in mind about the Kabbalistic Cross is once you've done it, you need to be very meticulous about your thoughts, your actions, and especially the words coming out of your mouth. Because if you're in the magical state and you've done the Kabbalistic Cross and all of a sudden you say, oh, I'm such a loser and an idiot, what do you think is going to happen? So caveat emptor, be very careful. The next thing you need to learn is a basic banishing ritual, all right? The, one of the most common ones to look for is the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. This was made popular by the Golden Dawn. Um, it's widely used in a lot of traditions. Uh, at the end of the day, though, keep in mind one thing about this ritual, that at first, when you do it, I almost guarantee you're going to feel stupid, all right? You're going to feel silly, like, what am I doing? This is weird, right? If you don't want to feel that way, then you need to do it with intent. Because if your fear is feeling stupid, then go ahead and just do the gestures without any intent behind it. You are going to look stupid and you're not going to get a magical result. But as Dion Fortune said, any act done with intent equates an act of magic to some sorts. She said that in her book, Applied Magic. If you're doing it with intent, that when you actually vibrate the holy name of God of yod heh for example, you are literally calling upon the energies of the archangel Raphael to appear while you are banishing. All right. The second thing you need to learn also would be an invoking ritual. And the good thing about the lesser ritual of the pentagram, it comes in two parts. 
the lesser invoking ritual of the pentagram and the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. And one of the best things you can do is study, master, and rehearse this. You don't want to do these rituals, you know, with pieces of paper in your hand as much as possible. The basic rituals, if you could memorize it, if you can commit it to memory, you're going to really do wonders for yourself because you can do them on a the fly. You don't need notes. It's really part of who you are. And it's going to be a great magical investment to you. Now, people want to know why. If the Kabbalistic cross is the on switch what the hell does the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram do basically it is the equivalent of a magical shower in other words when you're about to do your magic it's not it's going to make sure that any unwanted influences any unwanted energies around you will not contaminate what you're trying to do now an interesting fellow from back in the day called keith 418 said some people just tend to banish way too much they banish they banish they banish they banish okay that's also true, meaning that if you're going to banish all the time, you're not just going to banish the bad stuff, you're also going to banish the good stuff in your life. So use banishing only when you really need it, and it's even better to be specific. So like if I'm going to do a lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, I'm going to be specific of what I want to banish. I don't want to banish my client list, you know what I mean? Or I don't want to banish my dog. I'd rather banish you know, depression, anxiety, fear, things like that. Now, the other part of this ritual is what we call the lesser invoking ritual of the pentagram. This is an is a ritual that you do when you want to change course or go off script in your life. Once again, this is a ritual that you're going to do when you want to go off script in your life. So in other words, let's just say you just can't get a break. You've been single for three years, no matter what you do. It's like you're on this horrible pattern that no matter what you do, you can't get a date. You can't get a girlfriend. This is where the lesser invoking ritual comes into play because you want to go off that timeline and create something new you want to go off script you want to be the dude or the girl who has a date you don't want to be on this train where you're going to be single for the next 30 years now the next ritual that you want to consider um, and this is going to entail a lot of homework a lot of studying a lot of memorization and a lot of intention is what we call the lesser ritual of the hexagram now what is the advantage of this this is a ritual that can invoke planetary energies and even banish them. So for example, if you know you're going to get into a fist fight tomorrow, you might want to invoke Mars, you know, to get the energy of Mars. But let's say you've been a bit too violent lately. You've been picking fights left and right. Then you might actually want to banish Mars. And the beautiful thing about the lesser banishing, um, lesser banishing ritual of the hexagram is you can banish any of the seven planetary aspects if you don't need them. So like, for example, I tell this to people a lot, if you're having trouble with weight gain, that actually corresponds to expansion. You're actually expanding around the belly. That means you have too much Jupiterian energy in you, believe it or not. And people who tend to play with Jupiter energy actually do have weight problems. If you don't believe me, look at Aleister Crowley and Franz Barden. They weren't exactly triathletes. Now, that being said, um, you can banish any kind of planetary energies that you don't think you need. So example, if you're overthinking, you're being too analytical, you might want to banish Mercury, all right? Or if you're not communicating properly, you might also want to invoke Mercury. It really depends. And understanding also the basic correspondences of the seven planetary functions or the seven planets is going to do you a lot of good. And I will make an episode just about that. Now, the third, or the, I think we're at the fourth now, ritual that you would really want to learn and master is what we call the middle pillar. Now, what I like about the middle pillar is it is one of the most effective ways of activating 
the divine self within you and connecting to a bigger source. All right. It basically will be make you a conduit of energy between the divine and this world. And the beautiful thing about it is when you do this ritual, you're going to really feel powered up. You're really going to feel stoked. All right. Now, the thing about it on these on their own, these rituals will not necessarily have any direct result. You know what I mean? It these all these rituals can be used to fuel a spell like a simple candle. Like, let's say I want a girlfriend. Okay, so I would wait for the day of Venus. I won't say which one it is. And I would get a corresponding color of Venus. I will also not say what it is. Say that for another episode. And I could just light the candle, but that's like a level 0.1 spell. I want the level 100 spell. So what am I going to do? First, I'm going to I'm going to do the Kabbalistic cross to basically turn on the magical on switch. I'll banish any negativity through the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. I will, let's say, invoke using the lesser invoking ritual of the pentagram, saying I don't want to be single anymore. I want to make a different timeline where I have a girlfriend. Then afterwards, let's say I want to be a bit more attractive, have more luck and love. I will invoke also Venus. I'll do the lesser invoking ritual of the hexagram of Venus. So I have Venusian energy backing me up. And then as the final coup de grace, I will do the Kabbalistic cross, not a Kabbalistic cross, the middle pillar to basically plug everything, all these energies into the divine source supercharge it and once all that energy is already present within me and within the working space i can simply light the candle this basically takes the candle and injects it with intergalactic cosmic steroids so that one candle that simple candle you lit will literally go kaboom all right so these are some of your basic rituals that you want to look into um it's a lot of work it's a lot of study it's a lot of mastery but this is the best investment that you could make into your magical career especially if you're coming from a hermetic um hermetic ceremonial magic viewpoint so this is a pretty long episode i hope you guys liked it good night everyone